0: I want the fairy tale. I want the Prince Charming.
1: She, how do I put this, isn't a fan of my kissing style. So we were
0: boyfriend and girlfriend for about 12 hours. He's in a trash bin. He's non-recyclable. Catchy never.
1: I love being in love. I love love.
0: On today's episode of Where's Your Head At? We are sitting down with relationship coach Jake Maddock.
1: Jake offers his clients education on how to achieve a 10 out of 10 relationship. He talks us through his five fundamentals required for a successful relationship, including masculine and feminine energy and how to build attraction.
0: Jake is huge on TikTok and with his videos reaching a wide audience, his views are sometimes seen as polarizing. So we're really keen to sit down with Jake and see what he has to say.
1: All right, let's get into it.
0: Where's Your Head At? is a podcast that talks all things relationships, breakups, reality TV, trending shows, and everything in between.
1: This is your new go-to destination for laughs, gossip, intimate details, advice, and much more.
0: Hey, Jake.
1: Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming into Where's Your Head At? Just like to say that you're a relationship coach, so You obviously can give the advice. We like to give the advice, but we have not really any qualifications. We have no qualifications. (laughs) We've just got life experience. (laughs) So that's how we give out our advice. But it's good to have you on.
0: Yeah. I was just saying to Jake before, he's come up so much in my TikTok algorithm. Like I'm my whole algorithm is all relationships. I'm like, give me all of the knowledge and you are the man that comes up. So it's it's nice to meet you in person. I love
1: it. Yeah, I mean I said the exact same and I've um I've used a couple of your videos to send on to partners and that to say <laughs> like this, is, this This is the correct way or whatever. Like, yeah. So thanks for that, mate. <laughs> I love
2: it. I
0: feel like you you're a very polarizing figure. You're very straight to the point do you get that type of feedback from people
2: yeah yeah so definitely some people find some of the things i say quite polarizing such as uh when to move in with your partner little things like this yeah but that that's okay that's okay to be a little bit polarizing for sure definitely. relationships can be a bit for on.
0: yeah when is the right time to move in with your partner yeah just, just... just asking for a friend
2: <laughs> six months
0: we moved in in four so too soon
2: that's good That's good. No, no, that's totally fine. So, the timeline I lay out, it should be hard to stick to it. So, if you guys have to move in before six months because you like each other so much, that's very good. If you can easily wait six months, that's a red flag. That's showing me that you don't like each other as much as you should.
0: Interesting. That's an interesting way of looking at it. I like it.
1: All right. So, we spoke about your qualifications at the start. Do you want to tell us a bit about that? Did you study? Where did you study? What's your level of that?
2: No, I don't have any qualifications.
0: Okay. Oh, okay. so what made you decide to become
2: I'm well, mainly passion to answer your question. I'm one of the most successful relationships in the relationship coaches in the world. And I say all the time, guys, look, tertiary education would make me worse at my job, not better. I coach a lot of psychs, counselors, therapists, very, you know, controversial, but uh, <laughs> tertiary education would make me far worse at what I do, not better.
0: Interesting. So- yeah.
1: So you reckon that on the field In the minds, in the front line is the best way to get your (laughs) qualifications and your experience.
2: Well said, brother. Like, you can read a thousand books on cricket. You're not going to be good at cricket. You've got to get out there and play the game. So,
0: are you single or are you in a relationship then? I'm married. You're married, right. And how long have you been married for?
2: We got married at the start of the year. But we've been together quite a few years, but we got married this year. Congratulations. Congratulations. It was fantastic. Where did you get married? Oh, in Harvey Bay up here. Yeah, best day of my life. Fantastic.
0: Oh my God, that's gorgeous. That's did, so nice.
1: How does she go dating and being married to someone that's <laughs> so just knows what he's talking about then?
2: Giving out all just the giving advice. Giving
1: out all the advice. Uh, well,
2: I'd probably say that she thoroughly enjoys being in a 10 out of 10 relationship. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so you,
2: well, yeah,
0: well, I mean, I, it leads to the question, what makes you a 10 out of 10 partner?
2: Good communication, understanding masculine and feminine energy knowing how to date your partner properly, just all the nitty-gritty stuff, the building attraction, the simple things which make a big difference long-term.
0: So what do you think of modern dating then? Because obviously dating has evolved into this like massive game. It's very challenging. A lot of people listen to us because they... Struggle hardcore with dating. I mean, we started this podcast because we were struggling with dating. We were like, we fucking hate this. Believe it or not, we were
1: getting <laughs> fucked around a fair bit. <laughs> do you we- mean believe it <laughs> or not? Who would do you- that like to us? But yeah, <laughs> they would. Yeah.
2: So a lot of people have a lot of trouble dating, guys. It's for a few reasons. A lot of people don't know how to manage their expectations properly. Okay. So they end up going on lots of low value dates. Okay. Mm. So look, anybody listening, to this. It's the man's job to take the woman on the date. Secondly, only do high value dates. So girls, any girls listen to this. If a guy sends you a message to say, Hey, let's get together for a coffee or let's get together for a drink. Say no go. That sounds great, but not a big drinker. How about we share a meal instead, or I'm a bit of a foodie or I'm a high value girl. A high value date would be great. I need to do high value dates. Okay. Low value dates. You're going to have a bad time. It's not going to work out. It's much more statistically advantage if you can do high value dates. It's much better.
0: Would you say that it's okay if you feel like there's attraction between two people to maybe go on a low, lower value day, like you say, getting drinks as a first date before the dinner date? That's what we did.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I strongly, strongly do not recommend doing that.
1: Really? Just from what I would strongly. think of a low value date to go for a drink or coffee. If both part, I think that is meaning that they're not keen on a relationship. They're just, yeah. For well, a I mean, Michael care. and I it's, went it's, it's for drinks. Uh,
0: Michael and I went for drinks on our first date. And I feel like you can
1: still we were...
2: definitely achieve a 10 out of 10 if you do a low value date. But statistically, it's much, much better if you do a high value date straight up. Okay. okay? It shows them what you're worth and shows them they've got to put in effort to be with you. And it works a lot better. You, you can still create a 10 out of 10 doing a low value date, it's just harder.
1: I I sort of agree from a male perspective. If I heard girls saying, yeah, to like a drink or like going somewhere like that, that like, you know, that it's pretty obvious what the end game is.
0: No, that's bullshit. No way. I think, look, I love what you're saying. And I think I definitely agree. Guys have to know that they need to put in effort. But I feel like as a woman, you can set that up. Like you're going to have to put in effort, but we can still go for a drink so that I can see if I'm keen too. Yeah You know what yeah. I mean Like it, I, I understand the premise Of what he's saying But I feel like You can go for a drink
1: So what Anna's saying Is she'll go for a drink But she lays the rules pretty
0: I'm firm She
1: sets her boundaries And says that she needs Five dates Before they even get Close a, Any yeah Under the clothes action <laughs> <laughs> so what you Do you saying? have a question brother?
0: <laughs> he's, he's like no comment No I
2: know the question You're thinking about Do you want to ask me?
1: Oh yeah Do you think that five dates Is too long? <laughs> Straight up terrible, yeah.
0: Why?
2: For a whole bunch of reasons. Firstly, it's showing guys that you think your worth is tied to your physical body, which is a poor mistake, okay? I've coached thousands of people in a 10 out of 10 relationships. 100% of the people I've coached in a 10 out of 10 relationships have been intimate in the first two dates, 100%. Over 90% have done it on the first date because the chemistry is so high that they want to rip each other's clothes off and also their worth isn't tied to their physical body?
0: It's not about my worth being tied to my physical body. It's about me feeling comfortable enough to have sex with someone because I don't know them very well. So I'm like, I'm not going to have sex with you until at least five dates so that I feel like I can really understand who you are as a person. I Like maybe I don't want to have sex with you. And like I also don't want to have sex with every guy I go on a date with. I like, when I'm single, I like to like go on dates. I like to see what's out there. Yeah, Definitely
2: don't sleep with someone if you don't feel like it. Definitely not. (laughs) But if you do feel like it, I recommend doing it.
0: Well, okay. What is the biggest mistake that you can make when you first start dating someone then?
2: Probably
1: oversharing about your past. Okay. I agree completely That's a on one. that. I'm guilty. Say no yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, say no more. I'm pretty guilty of that, like bringing up ex relationships or just bringing up like you know issues like from your past, and then it definitely haunts you a lot down the track. I feel. Yeah,
2: it's it's a really bad move. So oversharing is any sort of information which lowers that person's attraction towards you. So talking about exes, previous sexual experiences, how many people you slept with, all these stupid things, don't share it. It's it's gonna it's gonna make the attraction of your partner go down and they're going to like you less, and they're going to also hold on to that information. It's going to be hard to hard to forget, creating retroactive jealousy. Really, it's a form of self-sabotage.
1: I, I 100% agree with that. Yeah. If I had my time again, I'd definitely not... <laughs> I would definitely not do any of that.
0: I mean, but that's the great thing about dating is I feel like as we progress in the land of dating, we learn all of these things and then we're like, fuck, we really shouldn't have done that <laughs> yeah, yeah. won't be doing that again. <laughs> yeah,
1: that was a mistake.
0: <laughs> in your opinion, what's the reason that most people are single who don't want to be Wait. in that position?
2: so a few things they're not getting high value dates so, a lot of people have trouble getting high-value dates, A, because their profiles aren't very good on online dating. Like their pictures are no good, their bios no good. Like they're making lots of mistakes with online dating, which means they're not getting the high-value dates with high-value people. Okay? So they're getting all these losers coming through who basically want to do friends with benefits and all this other garbage. So they're not having the opportunity to create 10 out of 10 relationships. And then the other thing is they're not doing too well within who they are. So... What I say is I help people get to a 10 out of 10 within themselves. So a lot of them have such low confidence that they may do low confident things like oversharing for validation and all these other little things, these low value things, which makes it harder for them to create a 10 out of 10 relationship and be a great partner as well.
0: Mm. I feel like as well with what you were saying, as a woman dating, it is hard to swerve the guys who are looking to have a friends with benefits situation. So like for instance, I've had guys who would give – what you're classifying as a very high value date, but they're just looking for a friends with benefits situation. And I guess coming back to my point, that is the reason why I have the five date rule just absolutely flat out because I'm trying to swerve those guys who are just there for friends with benefits.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, you mentioned dating apps before. What's your thought on dating apps in the, in the dating scene? Fantastic.
2: If, if dating apps are used correctly, it is a fantastic tool on getting high value dates and finding your ideal partner if you know how to use it. Mm.
1: Do you have any tips on how to use it? Yeah, for our tips.
2: Listeners? Definitely. So the best thing to do is remember the purpose of online dating apps. The purpose is to get a high-value date. That's the only purpose of online dating. It's not to find your ideal partner. It's just to get a date. You're not there for pen pals. I suggest getting on the date fairly quickly within a week or two so you can see what they're like in person, mm-hmm. okay, because you can't really judge someone unless you know what they're like in person. You can't feel their energy kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. So get on that date as quick as possible. Well, within a week or two.
0: Yeah. Love that. You were kind of talking about using the wrong photos or whatever. What are the wrong photos? What are the right photos? Do we use filters? The
2: right bio as well. Yeah, I'll start with the bio. With the bio, I have a saying. So the bio is less history, more mystery. Okay. I know bio stands for biography, but in this case, you want to be pretty vague. Okay. Talk about what foods you like. Don't talk about what you're looking for. Don't talk about what you're not looking for. Don't talk about yourself in a lot of terms. Just talk about food and that's it. Like you're better off being vague and then they want to talk to you more. They've got to have a conversation. With the photos, you want to avoid pictures with you with other guys, obviously. Okay. Um, (laughs) If all your photos are uh, filters with a dog filter or whatever, that's pretty (laughs) stupid. Okay. So you want to be (laughs) fairly authentic. Um, (laughs) Some people's photos are too professional as well. Math. So it's good to have some professional photos, but if every photo looks like you're on the cover of a magazine, it's p- kind of stupid.
1: <laughs> Want to have that sort of selfie
2: sort of authentic oh. thing. Okay. But what I do for people, I choose my client's photos for them. So I know what I'm looking for kind of thing. But I guess right. for the listeners, I'd probably say, how does that picture make that other person feel who's looking at it? Can they feel the warmth in the photo? Can they see in your eyes? Can they see that you're a lovely person in your photo? Yeah. Okay. So, don't try to look hot. Try to look cute, I say. Okay? So, go for cute, not hot.
1: So, you're saying no thirst traps?
2: Nah. No, like you can maybe chuck one in, but mostly you want to look for cute. Like you want to set yourself as high value wifey type material. Okay? So, looking for cute. There's a million, you know, half naked girls online. Just do the cute thing. So, a guy looks at you and goes, that's the type of girl I want to be with forever. Yeah. Yeah, not just sleep with. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, in your opinion, would you say that dating apps is the best way to meet someone?
2: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, look, all the people I coach, I give about five different options for where you can meet your ideal partner. Yeah. 100% have done it with online dating. Now, there's lots of different options. You can meet someone at Subway if you wanted to, but 100% have done it with online dating just because statistically, it's you, you get the most matches, don't you? You can talk to a 1,000 people, for example.
0: For sure.
1: Okay, and what would your thoughts be on the different attachment styles? So
0: it's a big question. Yeah, big
1: question. <laughs> so where do we where do but we start? Do you th- on but that? do you
0: think that people need to be compatible? Like, compatible, yeah.
1: Firstly, I think most
2: attachment styles are bullshit. To be honest, okay. So I hear it all the time. A couple breaks up. Oh, I got an anxious attachment style, or I uh, you know, I can't. Get away from this person because I have a attachment style to them. You actually just have a lack of confidence and not willing to put yourself first. That's all. So all these attachment styles and stuff, putting, people putting themselves in these little boxes, I think it's all bullshit to be honest. I think people are using these labels for themselves, which what are they basing that in? They like saying, well, I'm a loser and this is why. You don't have to be. You know what I mean? Enough with the labels, guys. There's, everyone's putting these labels on themselves and it's all bullshit.
1: So what happens then to someone that does feel anxious when they're not with their partner? How would you combat that? How, what would your tips be to battle that? My first
2: tip is you've got to choose the right words. This is a very important one. So a lot of people say, I suffer with anxiety, right? Here's a much better sentence. So instead of saying, I suffer with anxiety, I want everyone to say, sometimes I feel anxious. And anxious is a normal human emotion. Okay, if you never felt anxious, it'd be weird. Yeah, It would be great. <laughs> anxiety has a few pros to it. It's not just all negatives, okay? So instead of saying I suffer with anxiety, say sometimes I feel anxious. And if you're really in love with somebody and you feel anxious when they go out all night, good. That's a normal human response. If you didn't feel any anxiety when your partner was out all night partying, I would argue that you're probably not in love with them. Okay, so a certain t- a level of anxiety is perfectly healthy.
1: What happens if you, you're comfortable in yourself and you know that they go out all night and they, you know that they're not going to flirt with anyone, they're not talking to anyone and they're definitely coming home to you and, you know, and they're going to make love to you, then I wouldn't say that you're not in love with them. You're just confident and they make you feel secure in that relationship.
2: I'd probably say you're overly confident living in a fantasy land.
1: <laughs> Why? What makes you say <laughs> this? What makes... what? <laughs>
2: It's just not in line with reality. Like what person would feel 100% confident about their partner going out all night without them? That sounds a bit far-fetched.
1: I mean, like if you're going out with your friends and they're going out with their friends, I'd feel pretty confident that they're not accepting drinks from another guy. They're not flirting with any guys. They're not giving any guys any looks. I'd feel pretty confident knowing that. Sure, that's
2: good. That's good that you feel confident in that. If anyone wants to really achieve a 10 out of 10 and maintain a long-term, I don't recommend that behavior.
0: Mm. see uh, so we in this podcast everyone who's listening knows that matt and i are probably the two most jealous people on the planet and we are totally comfortable and open admitting it what does that kind of say to you that we're both jealous in relationships is that normal i guess is my question
2: jealousy is a normal human emotion we've evolved over hundreds of thousands of years for a very specific purpose human beings need jealousy okay and it's a very good emotion so a lot of people now there's obviously a negative side of it when it becomes so strong that you make it completely insane but we have jealousy as a reason to keep <laughs> us together as a family unit. So there's nothing wrong with being jealous guys if it's in a healthy sense. It means yeah. that there's all love which is totally fine, okay? Yeah. You shouldn't feel confident or happy in going well someone's flirting with my partner, but that's okay. That that's 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 that'd be weird. That's showing you that
1: you know don't you want to protect
2: what you the love you have?
0: Yeah, I would not feel <laughs> confident.
1: But is there enough? I would not
0: feel confident if someone was.
1: (laughs) Where would you draw the line of possessive, though?
2: Possessive is when it's having a a negative effect towards the future goals that you guys are trying to achieve, okay? Such as if you didn't let someone out of the house because they were dressed too provocatively, right? That's probably having a negative effect and it's not healthy. But say you didn't want your partner to be best friends with their ex. That, that would be a healthy way to protect your relationship. Absolutely. Well, I
1: mean, yeah, nobody wants that, do they? That's not, that's not ideal. So
2: what I strongly recommend, if you want to achieve a 10 out of 10 relationship, don't try to have a PC relationship, okay? Like you guys, protect it. Be a little bit jealous, okay? It's healthy. You want a long-term 10 out of 10 relationship, don't try to make a PC
0: Okay. Let's talk about how to build attraction. You've spoken a lot about this on your TikTok account, which we are both all over. So we've seen a lot of it. As Nat said before, like sometimes if you see like a video popping up, you might send it to your partner and be like, hey, check this out. What's your thoughts on this? What's your thoughts on this?
1: (laughs) This guy says this.
0: So let's talk about your first pillar to a successful relationship, building attraction. What is one way to build attraction with your partner?
2: Yeah. I love building attraction. It's really really the key to achieving a 10 out of 10 and maintaining it long-term. So one of the good things you can do in a relationship to build attraction, uh, go on a date together every second week, sleep together two or three times a week, do two 20-second hugs a day. All these little things, it builds attraction or you could also replace the attraction word with rapport or likability.
1: Yeah, for sure. Well, how can you maintain that attraction then for a, a longer period of time for people that are in like a, long, a long-term a relationship and it obviously would naturally fizzle out?
2: It would naturally fizzle out. So unfortunately, human beings, that's another bad trait we've evolved to naturally drift apart over years. That's very natural, but you don't have to allow it. You can maintain that 10 out of 10 for long periods of time if you guys go on a date every second week. You do two, two twenty second hugs a day. You sleep together two or three times a week you make sure you're spending quality time with each other, like spending an hour just chatting every day, going for walks, doing some dual hobbies, okay? Having some dual goals, all these little things so you build together and bond together. That's the great thing about dual hobbies. You're bonding together as a... As a, as a task you can do together kind of thing.
0: So would you say that the optimum times that you would sleep with your partner in a long-term relationship is two to three times a week? Yep. Interesting.
2: Yeah, I'd agree with that, yeah. Two two times a week's minimum, guys. You can do it more if you want to. Yeah. As long as you're hitting those two times a week, that's fantastic. Um, obviously, there's a lot of health benefits to orgasming, for example, for a woman three times a week, okay? So if you can hit those numbers, it's, it's good for everyone's mental health, physical health the bonding of partners, the love, the attraction. It's pretty good.
0: Okay, let's go back to dating a little bit. It's kind of like this new often spoken about thing. It's icks. So a lot of people are dating people, They're really into it. They're liking things. They're liking how things are progressing and then they get an ick. What's your thoughts on this?
2: Yeah, I'm assuming they just mean a red flag or some sort of non-negotiable.
0: Or something that if someone does something and it kind of like cringes you out or like if someone's eating with their mouth open and you're like, ugh, I can't stand that anymore.
1: Would you argue that's just an excuse though for them maybe that they didn't like him and that's just an excuse to dump him?
2: Sometimes. It kind of sounds like an old Seinfeld episode. Yeah, where they're complaining about someone putting milk in a coffee without asking, like little stupid shit. But
0: it's a thing, like you could literally be dating someone and you're like, they are the perfect person for me. And then all of a sudden, there's something that really bugs you about them and you just can't overlook it. Like, there's nothing you can do. And you're like, this has to be done. We've both been there, yeah. we both have had that happen.
2: What I'd probably call these people are probably 90%ers. So, guys, while you're, for anyone who's single, while you're dating lots of people, you're going to meet people who are 80 or 90%ers. They seem perfect, or good chemistry, good compatibility. Mm-hmm. Everything seems pretty good, but something's not quite right. Mm. I wouldn't call it an Nick I would call it, um, so your ideal partner is going to be have a beautiful mix of chemistry, compatibility, and X factor, okay? So X factors like uh, pheromones or uh, your soul, something telling you that you've got to be with that person, right? Yeah. You're going to meet people along the journey with dating where they seem pretty perfect in every way, but the X factor is missing, right? So they're 80 or 90%ers, okay? Yeah. They're very important yeah. thing. The universe will not send you a 10 out of 10. They won't send you your ideal partner unless you say no to these people who are pretty good you got to get rid of the 80%ers if you want that 10 out of 10.
0: Absolutely. So, you don't agree with settling?
2: Never. You, you can't be too picky. Your, your 10 out of 10 will seem too good to be true. It will seem perfect. You won't be able to think of a single thing that they could possibly change that will seem absolute perfection.
1: You keep saying a uh, 10 out of 10... What what would you say to someone that's like been dating for a while and they're just giving up? They don't think that their 10 out of 10 is out there. Would you still argue that it is? Oh, definitely,
2: yeah. So I've helped lots of people in their 60s guys achieve 10 out of 10 relationships. I helped a woman last week. She's 64, achieve a 10 out of 10. Um, A lot of these women are on the edge of giving up when they meet me, but I redo their profile, get them on some nice dates, and before they know it, they're in a 10 out of 10 relationship. And these relationships last for the rest of their life. It's really good to see. You don't need to give up on love. Okay, If you can go on a date, you can achieve a 10 out of 10 relationship. You just got to do it just the right way.
0: Wow. See, that's giving a lot of people hope because yeah. I know that there's a lot of people out there, including some of my single friends who are like, that person is not out there for me. Everyone I meet is a red flag. I'm meeting fuckboys. I'm meeting idiots. I'm meeting players. I'm meeting, you know.
2: Douchebags.
0: Every, all, all Guess what? All of the above.
2: They're a red flag.
0: What do you mean they're a red flag?
1: <laughs> what you're saying, she's the, the red flag. The mindset.
2: Okay, you guys have met people before who, oh, every guy's a douchebag, every guy's a fuckboy, every guy's this, every guy. That's a negative mindset, isn't it? It's very negative. Yeah. Oh, well,
0: yeah. But that's, I've also been there because I've been fucked over and I've That's that the mindset.
2: truth. That's the strength around negative beliefs. Okay. If you have a negative belief, you can find the evidence to prove that idea right. Yeah. It doesn't mean it's right, though. Yeah. You could say every guy's a piece of shit and then you only see guys who are shit.
0: It's so true.
2: Is it true? It's true because that's your perspective. But is it really true? No, it's not even closely true.
0: Yeah, I totally agree with what you're saying.
1: That's like almost manifesting sort of thing. It is
2: exactly right, yeah. If you have a negative mindset, you will not be successful. I have a perfect recipe for achieving a 10 out of 10, right, that many people have followed and it works perfectly. If you do the whole recipe perfectly but you have a negative mindset, you will fail 100% of the time. If you have a positive mindset and you follow half my recipe, you will succeed. The mindset is extremely powerful. If you are a woman with a negative mindset and who would even go on a date with you? You'd start talking and go, this girl's a bitch. She's got a negative mindset.
1: Well, then one would say then you've got to find yourself and be happy in yourself before you even start dating.
0: Absolutely. You have to
1: know how to have a positive mindset. You need to love yourself before you can love anyone else, I reckon. Yeah.
0: So what would you say to someone who maybe has been kind of done wrong by, they really want to change that mindset over, how do they do that? Someone who's listening who's like, fuck, he's yeah. right. I, my mindset is shit right now. I need to switch it yeah. over.
2: So the first step is responsibility. Okay. So if anyone's listening right now and gone, every guy I've had, every guy I've been with has cheated on me and you know, every guy has treated me wrong. I've been burnt so many times. It is 100% your fault. You've chosen the wrong people time after time. You've set yourself up wrong. You've done wrong over and over again. It's your life. You're responsible for it. Everything that happens in your life is 100% your responsibility. That's the first step taking responsibility. After you take responsibility, you can go, well, now I have the power design my future the way I want to be I'm not a victim to what happens around me and I can decide who comes and goes instead of being at the universe's victimization from it yeah that's the first So, so
0: if someone goes on a date with a really shitty guy and then they continue to date them essentially yeah it is their fault because they've not cut it off
1: yep but what happens if he just cheats on her
0: and they had no idea.
1: They had no idea. In a 10
2: out of 10 relationship, cheating never happens.
0: But if they're just dating. If she
1: knew if she knew, if she knew everything
2: about relationships, knew how to date perfectly, knew how to have high standards, had hard conversations set boundaries, she wouldn't be in the situation in the first place. Okay, Taking full responsibility isn't always easy. Now, I'm not saying it's 100% her fault he cheated. It obviously isn't. It's obviously that guy's a piece of shit. But she chose to be there.
0: Yeah, but you can choose to be there without knowing that they have that
1: in them.
2: Correct. Ignorance isn't an excuse for failure.
1: I believe ignorance is bliss. (laughs) 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 Mathless ignorance As
2: you can see, guys, achieving a 10 out of 10 is hard work. Yeah, it's a lot of mindset stuff. If you have a victimization mindset, you will fail every time.
0: Look, I'm all for a 10 out of 10 relationship. Don't get me wrong. But I think you can be in a 10 out of 10 relationship and someone can do you wrong.
2: If it's a 10 out of 10, nothing goes wrong. So this is how cheating works. This is what everyone gets messed up about. So a lot of people think the relationship's good. And then cheating happens, then the relationship goes bad. But is that reality? Not even close. This is reality. The relationship is good, then it goes bad, and then cheating happens. Okay? It's not the other way around.
0: So you don't think that there's ever been a situation where someone's in an unreal relationship and then they've just gone out. Temptations got too much. They've made a terrible mistake and then they're like, fuck, I need to tell my partner and try and fix this.
2: I love the word mistake when it comes to cheating. Isn't it a fun one? Yeah. It's like, oh, walking along, oh, banana peel, oh, slip fell into someone's vagina. It's not really a mistake, (laughs) is it? I've never accidentally fallen over and accidentally inserted myself into somebody. It's not really a mistake. It's usually a few decisions in there.
1: That's true. I was about to say that. that uh, <laughs> I'm, just trying to, I'm just trying
0: to think of a, a scenario where you could be in a 10 out of 10 relationship.
1: Well, then I think what you're trying to say, correct me if I'm wrong, is that... It's if, never a mistake. It's ne- like if it's a it's 10 out of 10 relationship, you're not going to be tempted. You're not going to want to cheat. You're not going to. And I, I can sort of see what you're saying with the you'll never cheat and then you're unhappy. You're unhappy, then you cheat. You cheat because you're of unhappy course. and... Some people can't get out of the relationship they don't know how to so they cheat and they think that they that's yep. their out that's the easier or yeah, option. Yeah, that's right.
2: Here's a very important thing that all the listeners need to understand. If a guy cheats on you, he does not love you. Okay? Whoa. If a guy cheats on you, he does not love you. This good need to get through your head. But he loves me so much. If he loved you, he wouldn't cheat on you. So true.
0: I totally I totally can stand by that. As 100%. a percent
1: As a man that's cheated on my girlfriend in the past. I would still say that I I loved loved them, my exes, but I just was young and dumb and tempted. But was it real love? Well, is it ever real love? I mean, like I could. Like, uh, yeah. Well, now <laughs> I would say I don't I don't love them, but at the time I felt like I did.
0: He thinks that you didn't. <laughs> well, We're getting deep here, I love it. Say,
1: yeah, who's to say at the time that I didn't though? Me. <laughs>
0: Fuck Matt, you need some one-on-one classes. Like, after are you this. sitting in my head?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, okay, well, I, I maybe that's my mindset. I think that like I did, I was just young. I was like twenty-four. It was like 20, 23. One
2: thing I do say is I tell girls don't date a guy under twenty-five
0: absolutely 30 make it make it 30 <laughs> <laughs>
2: 30
1: fuck off the 20 year old <laughs> <laughs> yeah give them a couple of years into their um, 30s
0: okay i have a question so what would you say to someone who is in a long-term relationship and they know it's a bad relationship it's not a 10 out of 10 relationship but they're too afraid to leave
2: yeah what you can do which is really good is you can write down an exit plan So just like you would do in the military, write down what are you going to say, when are you going to say it, what timings are you going to hit, do you need friends, family, police, do you have assets, cars, children, you can really write out your plan really, really thoroughly, so then it takes the decision making out of it and you can just follow it like a plan.
1: Mm.
0: What happens if for relationships that I would say are like emotionally abusive that gaslighting type of vibe is there. They're feeling really torn. They can't, even with an exit strategy, they still feel very connected to their partner, even though they know it's not the right person for them.
2: Yeah, I'd probably say try to find someone who can help you. Try to find someone like me who can give you a little bit of a push in the right direction to help you get out of the bad situations, get out of your own way so you can be successful. Sometimes we need a bit of a push.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Can you save that relationship if you think that it's like coming to you? Would you, can you save them if they're in a relationship that they don't think is right and it's long-term? It takes
2: a few things to save a relationship. So firstly, I only take on people who I know I can get to a 10 out of 10. If cheating has occurred in a relationship, I won't take them on. If real abuse has occurred, I won't take them on. And the other prerequisite is they both need to love each other and be 100% committed to saving the relationship. If they are, I can get it to a 10 out of 10, okay? If they aren't really into it or there's abuse or cheating has happened, no,
1: it's done. How do you determine that they are? Do you have like a questionnaire for them do you, or can you just read yeah, it? I just ask them. Yeah, just yeah. like
0: ch- chat with but them. But then
1: anyone could just say that they, they want to make it work. Because they've got like, kids and they've got like a house and it's easier not than just to bail the relationship. So can you read them and do you have like some sort of yeah. thing where you can see if they're lying yeah. or they're just... Yeah,
2: basically. So just coaching thousands of people, I know whether a couple's going to make it or not. So in the first 10 seconds, I can pretty much call it and say, look, you guys clearly are no good. Just it's time to transition. Yeah. Wow. Or I can go, no, you guys actually probably can do it. Just if you coach enough, if you coach thousands of people, you can sort of, you can, you can feel it.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Look, we want to talk to you all about masculine and feminine energy next. (laughs) Okay, Jake, we want to talk to you about the concept of masculine and feminine energy. How does this apply to a successful relationship?
2: Oh, great question. And I would say it doesn't just apply to a successful relationship, but also a successful life. You can really use it in all facets. Mm, okay. Now, the way I would describe masculine and feminine energy, guys, is just a series of traits. So a lot of people have these misconceptions, especially around feminine energy, that it's, you know, riding a pink bicycle down the street with uh, the hair like this and, you know, you're, you're chewing the pink bubble gum and you're wearing the pink dress. It's not really feminine energy, right? Yeah, you look pretty girly, but hell, I've seen girls who look really girly and they're not in their feminine energy. Okay. And other girls who are wearing, you know, the Rolling Stones t-shirt and the black and the teared jeans and all that. And they're super feminine. So it's more about the traits you embody. Those traits being nurturing, supportive, caring, and joyous. Okay. Now there's a lot to those, which I'll cover in a second, but then you also have the masculine energy. So masculine energy, a lot of people think, you know, you got the toxic masculine guy walk around with his chest pumped out and he's getting in fights and just being a real tosser, right? It's not really masculine energy. Masculine energy is about being a good leader, and ambitious, and decisive, and protective.
1: I yeah. When you was when I first heard masculine and feminine energy, I got that same idea in my head. But I think I understand what you're saying now. The the in that way that like he what he needs from her and she needs from him. Yeah. Yeah, right they kind of, of complement each other, like a yin and a yang yeah. kind of a thing.
0: You mentioned in one of your TikTok videos that relationships are not meant to be 50-50. Can you take us through your thoughts on things like chivalry?
2: Yeah. yeah, I love chivalry, right? And love opening the door for my wife, pulling out the chair, all that sort of stuff for her. Fantastic. That's one thing a lot of people struggle with these days in this 21st century. They seem to think relationships are transactional and they're about equality and all this sort of stuff. They're not really. They're about love and happiness, okay? Relationships are about love and happiness and really enjoying the person you're with. Men and women are different. Treating them the same is just silly. They both deserve the utmost respect, but treating them the same, no, a man should open a door for a lady. The woman should not open the door for the man, for example. The man should always pay for the date. The woman should not pay for the date, okay? Now, that's not really equal, but it's not supposed to be. They, they have different roles, and it's about love and happiness. They deserve the utmost respect, and they complement each other. Okay, they, they work yeah, well together with the, as a the team.
1: Or carrying a bag, all that sort of stuff. Like I do that naturally. Like I actually feel uncomfortable not carrying like the grocery bags and watching like my girl do that. Like I actually genuinely feel yeah. uncomfortable doing that. So I'll grab that off them. But with the bill, say you're with your partner, cool. I think it should be 50-50. If not, maybe obviously a guy will naturally pick up more bills for like coffee and stuff like that. But I think that if you're in a relationship with your partner, they would have to pay as well. I mean, what would you say then if the girl's on hundred K and you're on 70 K a year?
2: Yeah. What if the girl has stronger arms? Should she open the door for you? Well,
1: yeah. If, if, I mean, <laughs> no, that's, that's not really the same argument though.
2: So it is, it is all about chivalry. So when you're in a long term relationship, you basically pull your money together and you're a team. So you pay the rent and the electricity like all together. Right. But, Going on a date, I want people to practice masculine and feminine energy on the date, okay? So in the day-to-day life and you're paying for rent and all that sort of stuff, yeah, yeah, yeah. Work as a team and all that sort of jazz. But when you go on a date specifically, I want you guys to practice masculine and feminine energy so that even if you have a shared bank account, the guy still pays the bill with the card just so to practice the masculine and feminine energy. Does it make much difference? Well, it's coming out of the same account, so financially it doesn't, but it's just the practice of the masculine and feminine energy and what that does builds attraction.
0: And then yeah. I guess it like strengthens the bond of the relationship.
1: As the woman has put 40 to 30k more into that bank yeah. account <laughs> and he's still <laughs> he he's <was> still tapping <laughs> the card. I mean, Okay, that's, I, I, I see what you're saying. I, I see what you're saying, yeah, I do.
0: See, like, that's for me, it's a red flag if a guy takes me on a date and he's not paying the bill. Of course, I'm going to offer, but if he's like, yeah, yeah, you go for no, it, always, then I'm I, like, mm.
1: I always think on, like, a first date, the guy should, should pay. Should pay. Yeah, I yeah. think that... That's setting from the start what you explain as a masculine feminine energy. I agree.
0: What's some things that women do on dates that could be seen as a mistake that's not in their feminine energy?
2: Yeah, so one of those things I was talking about with being joyous and really nurturing, uh, if a girl is a bit withdrawn, okay, she's a bit cold, she's too shy, she's not very charismatic, so she's holding back, she doesn't want to be touched, as well as that living in fear, so some girls live in fear by not letting the guy pick her up for the date or oh, I'll meet you at the restaurant. All these little things, it lowers attraction each time because she doesn't trust the guy to do his role, doesn't trust him to do the high-value date. So she takes over the lead. She's the leader. The attraction goes down.
0: I guess like I, I totally understand why women are fearful going on dates. Like obviously with, yeah, with dating apps, course. we're in a kind of time now where – Yeah. You know, you can't like ask people about people you're dating, what's he like, da, da, da. So it is really like going yeah. in
2: blind. You probably will get murdered going on a date. Fuck,
0: <laughs> I mean, there, there's a few. There's a lot of creeps out there. I mean, <laughs> I'm, I'm worried too.
2: Well, yeah. <laughs> statistically, guys, statistically there's more chance you're dying in a car crash on the way to the date than getting murdered by, by the person you're on a date with. But look, that fear is totally understandable, especially with everyone watching crime shows every second. But there's some, some stuff you can do to mitigate some of those risks, okay? One of those things, turn the tracker on your phone and let your best friend monitor where you're at. You can tell people what you're doing, okay? You can keep your phone on you as well. You can be a good judge of character. You guys are clearly mm-hmm. good judge of character. You're not going to go on a date with a complete psycho, okay? Yeah. You're going to like do a I phone call know. first, do a FaceTime, judge who they are a little bit before you go on the date. If you feel uncomfortable, yeah. nah, no good. Yeah, all these little tools.
0: So how do you build up trust whilst dating? Obviously, there's, as I mentioned, there's a lot of women who are a little bit more reserved. If that is kind of in your MO for like date number one, how do you build up trust between your date? You have to
2: kind of trust yourself to that you're making a smart decision, okay? Mm. And trust slowly builds up over time. But I recommend if you can think of trust on a meter from one to 10, the average person should be around a six for you okay so an average person that you meet on the street it's about a six you're not going to mm-hmm. give them your wallet but you trust them that you, they're not going to hurt you right yeah. most people are good people so start everyone off as a six and then you go on a date with them it should quickly go up very quickly and there should be enough trust there that you're open to kissing them pretty much straight away
0: Okay. We're going to talk about communication, intimacy, and courtship. One of the questions that we get a lot from our listeners is they worry about getting ghosted. And I guess our question for you is what would you say to someone who keeps getting ghosted?
2: If you're getting ghosted like every day, there's probably something you're doing wrong in communication. Now, if you're getting ghosted once in a while, that's completely normal, Normal, okay? Even people who are extremely pretty get ghosted. But if you're getting ghosted like by every single person you're talking to, you're
1: you're doing something wrong. Well, we asked you earlier about the terminology of attachment styles. What's your opinion on love languages? Yeah, love languages
2: are, are pretty good, but they're also fairly basic. So don't base everything on love languages, okay? I've coached a lot of couples. It's very rare that a couple has the same love language as one another, okay? There's five love languages. They're all great. Everyone loves quality time. Everyone loves presence. Everyone loves physical touch. Like there's no bad ones in there. I say do them all, but don't overwater, of course. Don't act crazy. But do them all. They're all fantastic. So... I wouldn't put too much weight on love languages, but they're all good. Like, they're all being
1: What would you say that if somebody that actually doesn't like cuddling and doesn't like actual affection and then the other person does, how would you combat that sort of situation?
2: Yeah, if someone doesn't like being touched, there's usually a reason behind it. Either they don't like their partner or they're feeling a lack of confidence in themselves. They feel like they're ugly or fat or something. Usually issues that can be solved. So mm. human beings aren't naturally
1: like that. Okay, so right. all that, that can all be worked out.
2: Yeah, we just build up their confidence. as the confidence and self-esteem builds, then their self-worth goes up and then suddenly they like being touched. But there's usually something in there that we can sort out.
0: Yeah. The final question I have is just for the people who are in relationships who are listening, how can they tell if they're in a 10 out of 10
2: relationship? Yeah, so just go up to your partner and say, hey, quick question, what would you rate this relationship out of 10? And see what they say. Super simple.
0: But I mean, surely they're going to say 10.
2: <laughs> you would, yeah. Maybe. Maybe they might say, it's an 8 out of 10. And you go, great, 8 out of 10, not bad. What What would get it to a 10 out of 10 for you? And they say, look, I'd love it if we went on more dates. Oh, brilliant. Yeah, me too, actually. That'd be fantastic. Yeah. And that's the end of the conversation.
1: What would you say if in a relationship isn't that simple? Say you go up to your partner and he says, or they say, it's an 8 out of 10, and then there's not like, obviously, the communication breaks down. It's not as easy as just getting a solution to the problem. Yeah. So, it usually
2: is pretty simple, okay? They might say something more complicated like, I wish we communicated better, okay? And any guys watching this, if a woman says to you, I wish we communicated better, there's, there's a few things you need to do. First thing, you need to be more romantic. You need to tell her that you love her more and then so words of affirmation, but as well as that, you need to listen a bit more to what's what's happening and see if there's any specific issues. She may be arguing with one of your family members or something like that, but it's usually not too complicated. It's, it's usually fairly simple. Mm.
0: What's the secret to a long-lasting relationship?
2: Yeah, those five pillars that, that we covered, yeah, building attraction, masculine, feminine energy, courtship, intimacy, and communication. If you hit all five, you're going to absolutely smash it. And guys, I also have 10 rules. Are you guys familiar with the 10 rules that I talk about sometimes?
0: No. But I,
1: yeah, I would have heard them but, but the,
0: share them. Share Who them. You want to hear.
1: <laughs> yeah, so it's it's pretty
2: straightforward. So one of the rules is uh, embrace masculine and feminine energy, okay? Yeah. So really it can be a little bit difficult but embrace that masculine and feminine energy. Another one, yeah, you know, be intimate two or three times a week, okay? Do two 20-second hugs a day, never argue, do hobbies, write down your goals, Take extreme stock where you are right now. So measure where the relationship's at. Measure where you're at in other areas as well. Okay. Do dual hobbies. Do single hobbies as well. All these little things make a big difference. Remember the rules of communication. How do you want that person to feel when you finish talking? Mm -hmm. Mm. A lot of these simple things, but they make a huge difference.
0: How do you never argue in a relationship?
2: It's setting a boundary with yourself. I haven't had an argument in years. Yeah. Really? In Years and years and years. Me and my wife have never had a single argument. We may have had a disagreement. But a disagreement to an argument, a disagreement is just if you disagree about a certain thing, right, which is totally normal. An argument is a disagreement which is full of disrespect and aggression, which is never okay in a relationship, okay? Now, all you have to do is set a boundary with yourself to say, I'm never, ever going to argue with anyone ever again. If someone tries to argue with you, you go, I'm not going to argue. We can talk like calm and normal, but I don't argue ever. It takes two to tango. Yeah. How
1: do you stop a disagreement from escalating into an argument because <laughs> Well, I know you can say to yourself I'm not going to get angry, I'm not going to yell, but sometimes there's so much just ignorance on the other end or so much that you get so angry that how do you how do you stop yourself? Yeah, it's a great question. Can you think of a scenario for me, brother? Say like for instance, like your girlfriend or your partner, your boyfriend, they they're like Fuck, I'm trying to think of something for example. Just something basic, and then it, it escalates into an argument, and you're yelling at each other, and neither one of us can see each other's opinion, and you just keep yeah, going. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. So it could be something simple like um, stacking the dishwasher, effectively.
1: Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, that's, yeah. That, yeah. I, I'm assuming every couple has argued about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. So fantastic. So the rules of communication the first rule is how do you want that person to feel when you finish talking? Second rule of communication is what are you actually trying to achieve? Third rule of communication is how do you get them to want to do what you want them to do. Okay, so first rule of communication, how do you want them to feel when you finish talking? If someone puts the dish in the wrong way in the dishwasher or whatever, by getting really angry at them, how do they feel? Do you think they want to do what you said? Probably not. They're going to think, this person's a fucking piece of shit, right? So that's not very effective. How do you make them feel the way you want them to feel? What do you want them to feel? You probably want them to feel inspired, motivated, happy, grateful, some positive emotions, right? What do you want them to do? I want them to stack the dishwasher with the plates going the other way. Okay, no worries. How do I make them want to do it? Yeah? So say, for example, any women watching, if you wanted to get a guy to want to stack the dishwasher the right way, the trick would be with feminine communication. Okay? Physical touch. So for any women watching, physical touch is a fantastic way to communicate. If you physically touch a man while you're talking to him, the chance of you being heard goes up dramatically okay physically touch him, and then also you want to use feminine type vocal things okay so you want to say something like look honey i really like that you stack the dishwasher i appreciate you making an effort just next time can you turn the plates around for me that'd, that'd be fantastic yeah and that's the end of the conversation how would he feel after she said that to him he'd probably feel motivated to do so next time yeah and that's going to make a big difference just like that just using that feminine communication just learning how to do it the right way It's a thousand times better than doing it the wrong way. Nagging, being bitchy, aggression, it's never a key to handle anything ever. And any men watching this, if any women communicate to you in an aggressive type way, you go, I don't think so. And that's the end of the conversation. You set the boundary, okay? Guys, any guys watching this, if a woman comes up with your aggression, do not do what she said, okay? Because you're saying, hey, it's okay you talk to me like that. I'm a piece of shit. Let let me have it. And I'm going to do what you say to show you that you're okay.
1: <laughs> I, I agree. I agree that, like, don't let anyone speak to you like shit. But
0: I guess you're saying that when you're at a point, that when you're about to like roll over the edge, when things are getting uh, go from like a conversation that's getting heated to like where you're about to elevate and, and fly off the handle, mm, yeah. how do you not do, you, do that? Yeah. And I guess he's his response. Okay. Is so you like, could
2: ask yourself a question. I could reframe it for you, brother. So you could ask yourself a question when you're in that spot. Ask yourself, do you want to be happy or do you want to be right?
1: Yeah, so That's true. M- my mentality would be I need to nut that out there where I think the best for me and everyone would be I go take five minutes and walk off.
2: And the other question is why are you so angry? Nah. That's, how long do you have, mate? Brother, there's nothing to be angry about. You have a fantastic life. You live in the richest country in the world. You should be grateful.
1: Yeah, 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 I, yeah. I agree, yeah. And
0: I lo- I think I- it is important to like reframe our minds and in those moments yeah. of anger to just really pull ourselves back and be like, this is a boundary. I'm not going to argue. It's something that I've been working on with it's, Michael.
1: Yeah, it's definitely something I need to work on. It's in all aspects of my life. I feel like I get like really irritable, really at the moment like just even like people walking slow on the street can get me frustrated at the moment yeah yeah. maybe
2: there's maybe there's a reason you're getting a little bit stressed maybe you feel like you're not hitting your goals properly maybe some little things like that reframe it in your mind hit some gratitude write down your goals look what you're looking for okay and then also remember just control the controllables okay someone cuts you off in traffic can you control that not really okay so what's the point of getting angry about it
1: absolutely that's what my mum said yeah, my mum definitely said you can't control anyone else but you can definitely control yourself so work on that
0: yeah jake thank you so much it's been a pleasure talking to you i think thank matt you. needs yeah. some one-on-one lessons
1: no <laughs> I, i'm fine i it was just like a couple of questions of no, no, no. examples that i wanted to feel that i think a lot of the audience would appreciate as well absolutely thank yeah. you
0: so much for your time it's been a pleasure and hopefully we'll talk to you soon
1: thanks mate
2: thanks for having me guys